You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Search your favorite podcast app for Locked On to get podcast on the NBA, the NFL, golf, fantasy sports. We are coming to you live on YouTube from the Gittimer.com studios in BEA, beautiful uptown Charlotte, heart of the Queen City. Make sure you're visiting Gittimer.com if you are in sales and you need help, you need guidance, check out the Gittimer Learning Academy on Gittimer.com, G-I-T-O-M-E-R. And I'm Doug Branson. I'm joined by my good friend, the man, the myth, the legend from the mean streets of Cotswold, David Walker. David, what's going on? What's up, buddy? Uh, we were just chatting, man. I've, uh, I've, I've, I went back and pressed the panic button retroactively. I, I let that game sink in, and I feel like it was a lot of the worst-case scenarios that we saw play out. I'm not saying it's going to happen every night. I'm just, I, I saw a glimpse of, of what could be, and it, it freaked me out. Well, let's... Let's play some feelings music. This is an old this is an old favorite <laughs> of the show. Play a little soft music. Let's talk about it. So what triggered your panic? Man, just thinking a little bit more about how Dwight Howard looked super clunky. Um, how I didn't see much now look, when I see much improvement out of people like, you know, Nick Batum, Marvin Williams, obviously it, it is one preseason game. So that's the thing. But I, I was looking for like some sort of sign that there would be a jump and, and that could still come. But look, out of one preseason game, I'm freaking out a little bit. Talk me off the ledge. Well, I'll say that it is one preseason game that these players have not uh, played at that speed, at that intensity in quite a while. Dwight Howard, while he is familiar with the offensive and defensive stylings of one Stephen Clifford, because he was coached (laughs) by him in Orlando and Steve you know, takes a lot of cues from the Stan Van Gundy system that got Orlando to the championship. So there is some familiarity, but the pieces are mm-hmm. different. So that's that's what I'll say about Dwight. What else? What else is bothering? And let me say this: if you're with us on YouTube right now, you're you're watching us. Hit that live chat. Tell us how you're feeling right now about the Hornets after Please. one single solitary, lonely preseason game. So David, what else is bothering you? <laughs> What's, oh, what's bothering? Man. What's well, bo- what's bothering that bird behind you? He seems to be very <laughs> some kind of loud, high pitch. I'm going to assume it's a bird, maybe a cat. Yeah, I got. Oh my god! Hold, oh, just give me. Well, don't okay, don't hurt the bird. Okay. Listen, don't take, don't oh take, god. don't take. I got to calm my own voice down. No, no. don't no, take, don't no take your pre- harmed in the making. <laughs> <laughs> no birds are made, harmed in the making of the podcast, Doug. Um, so a few other things. I mean, just like I said, I was hoping to see a, a jump forward for a couple of guys, and we still may see that with this shortened preseason. But like Frank, even though he did take advantage of his uh, – a couple of times he got a smaller guy on him in the post, which that was good to see. Badger on, big there. boy. Yeah, the three-pointer was not there. Uh, he had a super weird – so have we dissected that move where he <laughs> – it looked like he was teaching an instructional post video. Uh, you know what I mean, and he came, turned back around just in time for Kyrie Irving to come Listen, and swipe the ball away. That if was, you're, if you're that into, was a weird one. Well, it's a weird one because we don't see it very often. But if you're into classic '70s, no three-point line basketball, <laughs> then it looked was, it looked great. I think that 
the result yeah, was that, not so great. That one should have been in black and white. Well, I mean, he's got to listen. Was, that was, uh, was odd. I feel like guys that have big growth spurts like Frank Kaminsky did. You know, Frank Kaminsky used to play point guard. He wasn't always mm-hmm. a big. And when he had, you know, obviously by college he was, but, you know, in his uh, high school days, middle school days maybe, point guard, okay? So yep. I feel like guys that do that, they still have that mentality somewhere deep within the recesses of their mind. And and so that was pre-growth spurt Frank popping out. You got to put that guy in a box and, and use those sweet post moves that he was using. Yeah, he didn't hit his three-point shot, David. But he was effective in the post, something that the the Hornets have True. been wanting to get him, you know, more involved in. So maybe he's just he's been focusing on that, and and the three point shot will come. I'm not. You listen. You the last thing that anyone should be concerned with from Malik Monk, Kimball Walker, Frank Kaminsky, any of these guys that are shooters is shooting, shooting. early in the preseason. Okay. That always is Good like point. the last thing to get locked in uh, for guys. So wouldn't worry Fair too enough. much about it. Fair enough. I'm gonna kill this. Um, this has been what, good. This, I feel I feel better. I know okay. this was this was more about getting you to feel better, but I feel better right now. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, at least one of us does. I feel a little bit better. I mean, you <laughs> taught me off the ledge a little, a little bit. It's I'm just glad one. we got to play it's the feelings just, music. We haven't played that in so long. Yeah, but don't you think that's that's how the worst case plays out? You know what I mean? Oh yeah. When we talked, we did a season preview for the Locked On Network, and we talked about sort of worst case scenarios, and definitely the the shooting because they didn't really add. They're they're going to play the Pistons tonight, which we've got a preview of that coming up. the The Pistons actively went to the free agent market and in the draft and said, okay, we're going to acquire a lot more three point shooting because they didn't space the floor well last season. Hornets, mainly because of financial realities, really could not go do that. So. You know, it's going to it's going to be uh, on guys like Frank Kaminsky, on guys like Marvin Williams and Kemba Walker to continue what he did last season, but to improve their three point shooting. Yeah, and they tried to during the. I mean, they did address it at where they could in the draft, right? Um, maybe. You know, with Malik Monk, maybe we'll see. But that's another thing to watch tonight, right? We'll be seeing our good friend Mr. Luke Kennard, who was. Lucas. One of the two guys, along with along with Donovan Mitchell, who I think we had kind of targeted at that spot. So, you know, I'm freaking out right now. You talking me off the ledge a little bit, but like that's, good. that's, that's the type of thing for. with 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 Monk being here this year, right? Like we haven't had a rookie with we haven't seen a rookie in Charlotte with expectations and with the hype. I think that Monk had. So, I am preaching a, a patience on that front, Doug, because. Clifford hasn't had that guy. He hasn't had the pressure to kind of, you know, uh, now all rookies have pressure to play, but you know what I mean? Like this is the most hyped and most well-known rookie I think we've seen here. And we haven't had that situation where Clifford's really, really been pushed to play. And like, yeah, if they struggle out of the gate shooting here and if the excitement's not there, you know, there's going to be those calls for, for more monk. Give me more monk. Uh, bring in the noise, bring in the monk. We want the monk. Okay, Danny's on the chat. Daniel saying, I like the looks of our shooters. Oh, wait, let me start over. I like too much coffee already this morning. I like the looks our shooters were getting. I'm not bummed they didn't all go in. Exactly. Uh, you all know, right, you can't, guys, yeah, listen, that's not realize, what I'm saying. You know, here's the thing. Danny, I, I'm you glad, know me. I Dan, know you. Daniel's talking about shooting here. We're talking about shooting. But I think the same can be said for Dwight Howard's postgame. Obviously, you know, he got, what, five or six post-up looks. 
and there were there were a few that were turned over and a few that were a couple were sent back and a couple went begging. But I think uh, that that's going to round out. But I also think this it's been a while. Uh, I'm not Danny says bummed equal panicking. He's not panicking that all those shots didn't go in. Um, I I think that it's been a while since we've seen a a post game in Charlotte, you know, like a legitimate post up game. And and I don't know how used to it we are. I I think no Al Jefferson. You don't like you don't like your Al Jefferson. What what I'm saying it's that's been a while. Professor of the post. It's been a while. Uh, yeah. Relative. Listen. Things happen quick, David. The internet is just moving <laughs> things, things faster and faster. <laughs> so, yes, a, okay. uh, what, a year sure. plus? That's a long time. And, you know, those, I think people have higher expectations for post looks. You know, if, if just a few don't go in, it's like, oh my God, we're just wasting opportunities because it didn't go to the three point line. So, it's going to be interesting. Dwight is going to be a very polarizing player. I can already, it was game one of the preseason, and, and people were. That's- immediately losing their minds about some of those. Hey, I got to do some quick Patreon shout outs. Welcome a few of our new Buzzamaniacs into the nest. We got Gittles, we've got Matt, we've got Mitch. Thank you so much for helping to support the best Hornets talk anywhere. Enjoy the exclusive content, the live post-game shows that are coming up, and much more that you'll be getting as a Buzzamaniac. If you're listening out there and you want to support our fair show, Patreon is the easiest the most secure, the coolest way to do it because you not only support our show, you not only help us do the thing we love to do and that you love to listen to, but you also get cool stuff. Head over to patreon.com forward slash L-O-H and see all of the benefits of joining the Nest. Plus, we get to call you a buzzamaniac. And I'm not going to promise anything, David, but I'm just going to say we got some t-shirts in the works, okay? So if you like, if you like gear, oh. I'm working on it. We're working hard. Second run, second run of our tees. Well, yeah, we got the Kimba shirts, but we're gonna have we're gonna have some Buzzamaniac shirts probably. I'm, I don't want to promise anything. I want to over I want to over deliver under promise. But I'm just gonna say I'm working on some t-shirts. Okay, before we get into this uh, preview of tonight's game that no one will be able to uh, view legitimately on television, let's talk about these NBA All Star changes because David, you are our resident NBA All Star expert, so I've got to get your opinion on this. Sure. Let me break this down for everyone that hasn't heard the news yet. The NBA is making changes, big changes to the All-Star Game in time for the 2018 All-Star Game in Los Angeles. No, it's not changing the city this time. It's the format. They will be ditching the traditional East versus West game. Replacing it will be a playground-style team captain pick'em. So they will fans will still vote for their favorite players to be All-Stars, but the two with the highest fan vote will be team captains and they will select from the crop of other All-Stars. And from what I gather in the report, there will still technically be All-Star starters and then reserves, I guess, selected by coaches. I don't know if there's full details out on this yet. But those starters that were elected to be starters might not necessarily get to start based on how the captains pick the teams. No, I think it's basically they would pick from the pool, right? And the captains would pick their starting unit from the starting pool, if you right. will, and then they pick their reserve unit from the reserve pool. Does that make sense? It makes, I guess. And finally, and what I think is, what do you both, mean? Talk to me. Talk well, no, to me. no, I get it. Push back on me. Well, well, we'll okay. I want to get into the. I want to fully break this down, and then we'll <laughs> analyze if this was a okay. good a good change or not. So finally, in what I think is both an effort in goodwill and an effort to get the teams to maybe try a little bit harder. 
the teams will be playing for charity, which, if you'll remember, David, was my suggestion. I'm not saying they stole it from me. Uh, I'm not saying I'm due some royalties from the National Basketball Association. All I'm saying is that a few months ago, or no, well, back in February, after the All-Star game, we were analyzing the clunker that it was. I suggested playing for charity because... I didn't say it was a guarantee that they would try harder, but at least it's something. At least it's some incentive for the players to do something other than just sort of jog up and down the floor and take threes and, you know, generally provide boring sure. basketball. Okay, so you're. I want to. I would just. I just want to say first, I'm the smartest man alive. Second, David, you're. You are our all star expert. So, what do you think of these changes? So I'm with the changes. I was for kind of with any change because like you said, it had gotten stale to say the least and people were trying to look for ways to shake it up. I'm dubious that this is going to change how the game is played or the quality of play on the floor at all. I just think we're in an era where it's going to be tough to give these guys any more impetus to play hard in this game. And that's the thing that's disappointing, but that's just kind of where we are. So there's really no use in, in getting too upset about that. Um, the, the the selection of the teams, I think, is fine. I, I think they're missing a real opportunity here. We don't know how this quote unquote, how this draft is going to play out, but apparently, it is going to take place prior to All Star Weekend. I, I don't know why this isn't like televised on Friday night in some form or fashion. I mean, I think that is where this drama is. They're clearly looking for some element of drama. I think that's where it is. Like, if there's no coverage of this thing, if they just release the teams. You know, if the captains just submit their uh, submit their picks or do it behind closed doors, then I think that's a big miss. So we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. But that's what I think everyone wants to see at this point. They want to see if, you know, LeBron James would take uh, Kyrie or if uh, you know, Brady's going to take. That's what I said. Uh, exactly. Him too. Him too. <laughs> I think that's what they want to see, Doug. You know what I mean? I, I don't know how much of this is actually going to change the competitiveness of the game, which, which like I said, I don't know what they can do for that, but, but this is, it's, it's a move in the right direction. I think it adds some intrigue. I mean, what, what are you, are you any more inclined to watch this because of the shakeup? I'm already inclined because it's the, it's the greatest basketball players on earth gathering, right. gathering you together to play for No, that, I'm just saying I, I'm a sure, bad, sure. I'm a bad judge of this because I am, I'm sort of the easy audience. This is targeting the people that are kind of on the fence. Uh, Here's, I'll tell I'm not, and I'll tell you why in just a second. I just want to say the Hunter has a great question on the chat. I've got it up on the screen right now if you're watching on YouTube, and we will get to it after this discussion. Um, But here's what I'll say. The All-Star Game, as you said, couldn't really get any more meaningless. Like, you know, it's it's sort of, sort of, and the thing about the All-Star Game is, I think, it was something born out in an era where you didn't get to see all the stars all the time. There was no, you know, national TV games and and then, you know, regional games uh, televised everywhere. And, you know, you, you didn't have a great opportunity to see these stars. There weren't a lot of teams spread out all across the country. So the All-Star Game was really a, a fantastic opportunity for you to see players that you may not have seen all season. Whereas now... It's it's just not as meaningful because we see these guys all the time, right? We see them on regional well, TV. Oh, we see them on national TV. We see them on NBA TV. 
<laughs> and that which is national TV, no, right? Uh, but, so yeah, meaningful, maybe not meaningful in that direction, but uh, of course, all star selection and all star. Okay, um, yeah, the, um, you know th- th- those notches are meaningful because that's, that's so it got real confusing last thing. season, right? How people were selected, and I don't know if the media. I, I'm I don't know if you've seen anything. Will the media get a look? Will the players get a look? The players kind of embarrassed oh, themselves last season. It stays the same? Okay, well, that's interesting. I that, think so. It got super complicated, yeah. and the players didn't really take it seriously. So that's that's a whole other discussion. But I'll say this. The only right. real danger in this is that when you when you pull the curtain back like this and you make this sort of major change to the process of the game, it, it, it there's this danger that you truly reveal how ridiculous the whole endeavor is. And it's similar, I I think about what happened to the NFL, the Pro Bowl game, when they tried to shake that game up, and they did like a fantasy selection, and made it like a fantasy game. I think Deion Sanders was one of the team captains, and they sort of picked it up like that. And it all just pointed out how absurd the Pro Bowl was, and sort of drove the Pro Bowl further into the margins, and they immediately ditched that. It was like one year, I think, maybe two and then they got rid of it. And it's because, I think it's because, you know, I could just go back to the All-Star game. If you start to think about it too much, you're like, why am I watching this? Whereas if you just approach it like I do, where you say, well, it's just the greatest basketball players on earth, you know, playing around. And and I enjoy seeing them all in yeah. one place together. Then it's cool. But if you start thinking about like, oh, there's team captains and oh, I got all this stuff to remember. Like, oh, is there intrigue? Now, there could be intrigue if LeBron James is a captain, and and I think Tony Kornheiser made this uh, observation on PTI. If Kyrie is there <laughs> and the other team captain, that's what I'm saying. I mean, there's some that's- there's some drama. There's a little bit of that, but but will it? But is it enough? It just feels like that's just sort of a short a short-term drama. Let us know what you think on the chat of these all-star changes, by the way. We want to hear from you or on Twitter at LockedOnHornets, or you can email us buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. We want to know what you think and chat about it here live on the show. So, um, David, uh, you you think this is going to make it more competitive? No, I didn't. Oh, no, okay. I don't. <laughs> I, said, I said I don't know that this is going to make it any more competitive. You said it make it intriguing. It would make it more intriguing. I would say that um, the drafting process, that's the part that I think most people are interested in, like you just said. Are we sure we know that the NBA knows who the captains are going to be and that they won't be someone, ridi- someone ridiculous? Because, David, we've seen instances in other sports, like the NH- NHL with John Scott and the uh, MLB with the Royals ballot stuffing that happened in their All-Star game a few years ago. Right. And even in the NBA, with a movement to get Zaza Pachulia voted into the All-Star game as a starter, there's been all kinds of um, you know, shenanigans because when you get the internet involved sure. and you get, you know, sort of grassroots movements and you know, there's all kinds of stuff that people do to uh, push these things in in weird directions for for lols, essentially. Are we sure that we don't end up with you know, LeVar Ball somehow, or Lonzo Ball as his, or as Lonzo Ball as his proxy and like Meta World Peace as captains. Right. And are we sure? And, I mean, and, and I'll say think, this: I'll say this. Are we sure we don't want that? <laughs> are we sure we don't want to mess with this I'm, a little bit? I, am. <laughs> I think they're. I think they're fairly confident they'll get two guys who are legitimate all stars as the top vote getters. 
I mean, that's about all. Okay, they can great. On, right? You know what? I mean, the famous last words, famous last words of the internet is just to you just assume that your vote's going to be okay. Just don't put a write in. Please don't put a write in. We'll get the the Stave Puff Marshmallow Man as a team captain. I'm telling you, when people look, when NBA, if NBA Reddit gets a hold of this, that's all I'm saying. If a couple of if Deadspin and NBA Reddit and everyone and they just sort of coalesce and they they collude, we could end up with some weird captain combinations. That's all I'm saying. The King of Crux yeah, says, sure. says, "I like that the teams are playing for charity." Honestly, the rest of the changes are basically neutral as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, playground style. I don't know. There's going to be. There's going to be. Oh, will they pick them in public? That's the other thing. If this thing is done on I'm, the sly, that's what I'm just saying. I don't know. That that would saying. seem they, that would they, seem that, weird. No, no, that's what I'm saying. They've got to televise this thing. They they've already said it's going to be done prior to All Star Weekend, and I'm saying why not do it on somebody Friday gets night or last. Thursday night? Somebody gets picked last. Um, Michael yeah, Jordan, by the way, Michael Jordan. In fairness to his airness. He was heavily involved in this decision-making, and why wouldn't he be? Because Charlotte hosts the All-Star Game in 2019. This is the this is the best for Michael Jordan, right? Because if it works, then you, you can fine-tune it for the All-Star Game in Charlotte in 2019, and if it doesn't work, you've got time to ditch it. It's perfect. Of course he led this. Like It makes total sense. Good job, MJ. MJ. Yeah. Making moves. I didn't know he. Was, I, I didn't know that was his position within that uh, organization. To be honest with you, so that was some other news I learned. Wow! Listen, that release. What that he's heavily involved in these these kind of NBA decision making things. No, he's like the rep. He's he's got an official or unofficial title. That's like liaison or rep, owner's representative to what God, the, the the labor. I've always that's been a life goal for me to be called a liaison. That's that's so cool. <laughs> A dangerous, a dangerous liaison. I love that. Uh, what's next? Okay, let us uh, keep keep chatting with us. Let us know what you think. I got to get to Hunter's question real quick before we get to this Detroit preview. <laughs> Trust me, the preview is going to be quick because it's preseason and mm-hmm. it's not even televised. But uh, Hunter asks, <laughs> when will we see Marcus Page, Mango Mathiang, Isaiah Hicks, TJ Williams, and Terry Henderson on the full season roster? Well, so Mar- uh, Marcus Marcus and Mango are on two-way contracts, so they've got a shot at at making you know being called up essentially. The two-way contracts are essentially like minor league contracts where you can get called up up to 45 days and make a little bit more money. So those two guys have right. a shot. The rest of these guys, Isaiah Hicks, TJ Williams, Terry Henderson, they're all playing in training camp and uh, in preseason, basically trying out for for D league positioning. Uh, so yeah. th- they've David, they've got zero shot right of making the full season roster. Uh, yeah, I think you could safely say that. Yeah, we'll see how much time um, Matang and what is it? Nope, I didn't say that Mang- right. Yeah, Mango Marcus Page, Mango Matang, Mango Matang, Matang. Um, yeah, they'll be up and down. I would I would FIBA. expect. I mean, and we talked about pay. We, we've talked about Paige a little bit, right? I mean, look at the point guard situation. I I would think he may have the inside track as far as someone having the most opportunity, just given the injuries in front of him, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, he's a player I would definitely watch in this preseason period because with the point guard depth being as tenuous as it is, Michael Carter-Williams trying to get back from a knee procedure, uh, got the platelet-rich plasma treatment to both of his knees. You got Julian Stone who... Mm. Julian Stone had... uh, Here's what you have to understand. He's been playing overseas for... 
for several seasons. And and then in the D League before that, it's been a while since he's seen, you know, significant NBA action. And in that first preseason game, David, I thought he had moments where he was physical with Kyrie. And then late but late in the game, uh, he was just getting backdoored over and over, just sort of awareness issues on on defense. And then, um, uh, you know, on his one three point attempt, it went it went way begging. So, yeah, yeah the, the backup point guard position is definitely going to be uh, interesting for the Charlotte Hornets. So I would pay attention to Paige. I think he's the one guy that really has a shot of, of seeing some some significant minutes for the Hornets at some point, not not over a long period of time. But in terms of a spot, a spot, you know, moment where he gets called up from the D League, I think he's definitely a guy that could get a look. Okay, let's let's preview this Detroit game. The Hornets continue their three-game preseason road trip in Detroit tonight. Tip is set for seven o'clock again. Uh, no sources for television viewing on this one. Uh, I, you know, maybe there might be something on the internet somewhere deep within the recesses of of the web tubes. Um, but you can listen to it on radio 102.5 FM WFNZ here in Charlotte and uh, maybe on the Hornets app. So check that out. This will be a preview of the Hornets season opener on October 18th, which will also be played in Detroit in their new arena, the Little Caesars Arena, the the, the hot and ready. That's what I'm calling their new arena. It's the hot and ready. Um, oh. Interesting tidbit, David. This will actually be the first time the Pistons have had a chance to actually play in their new arena. Strangely enough, uh, the Little Caesars Arena. They've been practicing in Auburn Hills, and they share the new arena with the Red Wings, who are in season right now. So other than a scrimmage and an open practice type event, the Pistons are a little unfamiliar with their own home court. So... I think the Hornets they haven't get, even played yet, right? No, exactly. This, this is, is their first, first one, exactly. And so the Hornets get a shoot around uh, in the morning as visitors, and so they will they will be they will probably be more familiar with the court than the Pistons are. So that's a strange place for them uh, to be. So based on Monday night's game, David, here's my question to you. And we kind of talked about this already at the beginning of the show, but let's rehash. What would you like to see change? Most. What are some? You can give me multiple things, but what are some things that you want to see change most in this second, or or maybe see or hear of <laughs> change most in the right. second preseason Tribe. game, based on the first one? I'd like to hear a description of Dwight Howard having a little more success offensively in the post. I mean, and again, like not really what we expect. I mean, that's not how like he's going to have his most success here. I thought he was was actually. Pretty good on D at times, you know, sent a, sh- a few shots back, but it just a little more comfort level from the entire offense. I think that's an overall expectation you want to see from game one to game two anyway. Um, and as you said, Doug, it's, it's to be expected with, with the first game in the preseason. But a little more flow from Dwight. I'd like to see Frank have a little more success and a little more comfort from him to start out again. Like hitting the threes as you and – and Daniel got in my face about not wanting to, you know, see the threes go in, but a little more comfort from him, even in the post, some of those awkward moves, like I don't need to see those anymore. And then um, like, again, I think the Malik Monk v. Kennard, not that they'll be going head to head, but just how Kennard does and what kind of reaction that that might get um, is something for me to watch. I think everything else is kind of going to find its way. Um, But those are kind of the things I'm looking for. It just feels like, you know, Kemba's stable, uh, Marvin, Nick, 
the guys that have been here will kind of find their way, as you mentioned. So it's, it's still the new additions for me. And um, we should mention Lamb. Haven't talked about him at all today. 17 points in that first. Yeah, 17 yeah. points and strong. Yeah. Looked, looked great getting to the rim. And that's the, the rebounding from that game, right, is what we're looking for him to do from this season. Keep that going. So can he have another solid outing? That'd be nice to see. Yeah, here's what I want to see. Just more comfort level. I think this is going to be, again, uh, the, a glorified practice run for a lot of these guys. Uh, but I want to see more. I want to hear about more off-ball action from Monk. Let's you know get, get, start to get him more involved in the offense. I felt like you know he had to create a couple of his own opportunities. Love to see more off-ball action for him. Uh, and uh, Monk said after the game, you know the, the the thing that he learned is that you've got to be early on those defensive rotations. And Monk got beat a few times. Yeah. Uh, and and guys are going to be bigger and stronger than him just off the jump. He looked very small out there as we all expected him yeah. to be. And so that makes it. You know, Avery Bradley is a guy that he'll go, he may go up against in this game. And that's a guy who is, who came into the league small, got stronger, and is, is super aware and super effective on defense because he's just wily. And, and if you can, if you can be in the right place at the right time, you at least give yourself a chance to deal with the fact that the guy you're going up against may be stronger and faster. So Monk's learning that early. It's good to hear him say that after the game. And then, uh, as you said, Dwight Howard converting more effectively at the rim. Would love to see that in this second game. And then Nick Batum is a guy who I thought had a great a great first preseason game, but he needs to knock down a few more three-point shots as mm-hmm. well. And on the Pistons side of the ball, this will be a very familiar opponent with a lot of the same major pieces in place. In fact, Dwight Howard versus Andre Drummond. That's going to be – I thought there were a few weird bounces with with both offensive and defensive rebounding opportunities that the Hornets did not scoop up. Love to see them sort of just turn up the intensity, start to get ready for the regular season by doing that. Um, they get, but the Pistons did give up on the Contavious Caldwell Pope pick, so no, no KCP in this one. And they did acquire Avery Bradley, who has been David an absolute Hornets slayer over the past two seasons. Yeah. Last year, he was sixteen seven and three on forty three percent from the field and forty six point seven percent from beyond the arc. And then in the season previous to that. He averaged 19 points on 53% shooting from the field and 56% from three. Uh, so this is a season opener preview. So, you know, the Hornets will have an opportunity to to, to see Avery Bradley and and just just keep him in the back of your mind. Just don't, don't let him go off uh, for a third straight season. Maybe try to stop him. But, yeah, the Pistons, they're going to want to space the floor. They're going to want to try out some of these three-point shooters like Langston Galloway, Luke Kennard. Uh, they also picked up a familiar face, Anthony Tolliver, Bobcat, was was a crucial one of the crucial pieces along with Chris Douglas Roberts in uh, in that uh, playoff run in that second Bobcats playoff run. So it'd be good to see Anthony Tolliver again, and and he's a he's a three point specialist. So uh, we'll see. The Hornets definitely a goal for the Hornets limit those three point opportunities. I thought they did a great job in the first half of doing that against Boston. Can they can they keep that going throughout? the rest of uh, the game. I, I got one more for you, Doug. Give I got one more me. for you. Um, Cody Zeller, like one of my big takeaways from that other, from the other night was his ability to beat those guys down the floor. Like that's one of his gifts on offense. And against some of these second units, I said it the other night, I think he'll have the opportunity to do that. If someone can find him, I think he did have some spots where a more experienced ball handler or distributor may have been able to find him. And so as these guys continue to play together, as they kind of work that responsibility out on the second unit, I'm interested to see 
if they can get Cody some easy looks because he can be effective. I mean, we see him on the first team. Once he starts diving to the basket, if he goes and has a spot, he can score. So, and on the fast breaks, I mean, that was where the big difference was for me. He was just outrunning almost the entire team. So that second unit, you know, how they're using Cody, um, how they're using that leverage they have, to, uh, to go up against the other second units is a big one for me. Uh, because there will be no legitimate source of, of television viewing for this game, there will be no post-game show tonight, so we'll pick back up with our analysis of this game uh, tomorrow morning, so look out for that on the podcast feed. Uh, I, I'm okay with it not being on TV if the radio guys in, in Charlotte or Detroit give us something as beautiful as this. I took a look at Baines oh in the shower. He in the shower. Like all of Australia. Oh, in the shower. <laughs> in the shower. All right. All of Australia. All of all. I can't do the Boston without it and then say Australia without it seeping into a bad Australian accent. Shower. Shower. Shower's easy. It's like clam chowder. Um, okay. That'll do it for us on this edition of Locked On Hornets. Thanks so much for listening or watching us live on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Locked On Hornets. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, and your phone will light up uh, and, and smile at you and say, hey, the Locked On Hornets is about to go live and, and talk Hornets. And that's I think that's what you want. So um, uh, last question here from Lamont on the chat. Did Cat Barber wash out with the Swarm? Uh, he actually he signed a, a contract, an overseas contract with Italy over the summer so he's taking the sort of the Julian Stone approach, go overseas and, and try to figure some things out and, and hope to draw some attention. So Cat Barber, NC State fans, uh, look for him in Italia. Uh, okay. Thanks so much for listening, watching. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Locked On Hornets. Subscribe. Tell a friend. That's important. As we get closer to the season opener, we want... I saw the the last preseason post game show that we did hit a thousand like immediately. So more people are catching on to this Whoa. thing. I get, I get like a notification when it hits a thousand listens, and it went boom just right away. So thank you all so much for telling people. Continue to do it. Continue to retweet. Uh, continue to tell your Facebook friends about it, and we appreciate all of your help. If you have questions, you can chat with us uh, in the morning on YouTube, or you can send us an email to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. We love answering your Hornets questions. We're back again tomorrow with analysis of tonight's game against Detroit. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Beat the Pistons. Let's swarm 